أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته uh, Before we begin as usual let's just make us uh, inshallah a recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha from the depths of your hearts making an intention and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to place his nur and his knowledge into your heart inshallah So inshallah we're at episode 6 last time we finished the um, the birth of the Prophet Sallallahu and for those of you who haven't been following, you can follow the podcast, inshallah. Um, so today we're going to be talking about his early childhood and youth, hopefully, I mean, that's the plan. Let's see how things go, inshallah. So the first uh, two years, it was very common in uh, that time, in that part of the world, for people to send... Um, their kids for uh, to wet nurses outside the city. Mecca was a very like a hustle and bustle kind of city, lots of stuff going on. Fa it was the trend in Kanunas fil Badia. They would come once a year. It was like a, literally an event, and they would uh, seek newborns, and each foster mother or or wet nurse would take a child with her, and you know she they, the child would spend about. The first two years, which which are known as the important years for someone weaning, صح? Yeah, weaning. And that um, has a lot of benefits. We'll talk about that. But the main tribe for Quraysh was Bani Sa'd. Who will be the um, wet nurse of the Prophet So he, she had another baby. And since... As you may know, or if you don't know, mothers can only feed babies when they are, have recently given birth. So this lady had given birth to her son. She had an elder daughter also, Shema. Uh, because she had a newborn son, she had enough milk to feed another child. And so that's what they would do. So what are some of the benefits of sending your child abroad, especially in that part of the world? Awalan, Mecca is a very tight city and... Um, they wanted their children to kind of go and experience the openness of the vast li- lands of the desert. Uh, clean air. Back then, it was very common. In, yani the um, mortality rates were very, like, the age was very low. Yani 30, 35, 40, yani. yeah. In order to, like, survive certain diseases, it was safer to, for them to be sent outside the city. And of course, the desert life would make them also, in a way, tough. Although they're children, but Bedu, they have their own tough way of uh, raising kids. In a way, it makes them more thick-skinned, more uh, manly, you can say. And of course, the language hatta filbadia was very strong. Hatta from a language perspective, uh, it wasn't corrupted as much as. Mecca was, you know, because Mecca, there's different tribes coming with different accents. Usually sending them abroad would uh, make their language also uh, be very, very strong at a very, very young age. Just making children 
uh, ex- like allowing them to see the sky, allowing them to see nature, allowing them to be people of thought. But uh, when these murdiat would come to Qur- to Mecca to seek children, uh, ideally they would want to get the child of someone who's wealthy, right? Then it's a business يعني, for them. It's a, it's a way of making money. Uh, and of course, basically, uh, he wasn't in high demand. Why? Because he didn't have a father. So they assumed that this child is an orphan, then we won't really get paid. So every wet nurse was seeking a different child. Until at the end, they all one child and Halima was left basically with no option. So she had to take him. And um, it's interesting how, subhanAllah, يعني, the, it's ironic, right? Because he's the most blessed child out of all the children, yet there was no demand for him. But there's a parallel here between Muhammad's life and Yusuf السلام's life. Uh, I don't know if you know the story, but he was also at one point thrown by his brothers into a well. And then uh, people took him out of the well and they sold him as a slave, literally. Fahir, يعني, we can learn a bit about Allah's beautiful names, Al-Mu'izz and Al-Mudhil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yu'izz wa yudhil bi hikmatih. And we've seen this in our lifetimes, you know, people who have been given honor have been disgraced and people who were disgraced have been given honor. There, it's, a, it's a cycle of life and Allah does that with His divine wisdom and uh, you know here is a, is a baby who is, is, is an, يعني, nobody wants him but yet we will see some of the blessings that come out of this child but the moment like as soon as they take him and they're on their way back the, the mode of transportation back then was either a donkey or a camel or some kind of mule yani. for whatever it was it was very old yani the mule of Amina was very old in the journey you know and then the moment Muhammad was with them in that journey all of a sudden this mule started getting energy and it was fast it had energy for that was like for them and yani already a shock and at the same time when they reached uh, Bedi Sa'd, um, they noticed that their, the goats that they had started bringing in more milk. Yani, you know, for, There were cer- certain signs of barakah already. And, and the husband of Halima told her, Natara, Shekla, this, this, this child is fi barakah. You know? it's, it seems like he's a special child. And just fast forward a scene from Fath uh, Mecca, which is literally towards the end of the seerah. But it's an important one to, to go to. Now, it is the biggest celebration of, of uh, the Prophet ﷺ. Literally, his entire mission is coming to an end. Here is uh, Mecca allowing him to come back with complete peace, no resistance. Everyone's becoming a Muslim. And uh, his mission is pretty much complete. Fa, yani, and, and hundreds of thousands of Muslims at that, at that uh, time are, are entering Islam. And it's, it's a busy day. Yeah? Tkhailul entourage and like 
the caravans and lots of stuff going on and he's the leader you know a lot of prot protocols and so amongst the uh, the crowd he notices this, this lady and he asks who is this lady uh, and she comes to him and she says that uh, I am Halima and he recognized her right Halima, my mother, and he, he literally got Ummi, Ummi, and he was so happy to see her. He took off his Abaya Malta cloak, he put it on the, on the floor, and he asked all the Sahaba guys, Give me some time, I want to sit with my mother for some time. And they say, and He sat for whatever it is, an hour. But in the midst of all that uh, important event, when he saw this, uh, his, his uh, wet nurse or his foster mother, I don't know if that's the right term, he honored her after 55 years. Fa this word honor is something that يعني, is going to be a recurring theme today, loyalty. How, how can we relate to loyalty in our times? Exactly. Yani, sometimes when it comes to family members who've, uh, who sometimes at some point need us, usually with family politics, it's difficult to show loyalty to extended family sometimes. And uh, there's a lot of uh, drama involved, a lot of conflicts involved. Loyalty to a friend who has done a favor to you. Loyalty to your teachers who've taught you something uh, in your childhood, loyalty to your uh, helpers in the house and nannies, anyone who's done a favor to you, just acknowledging that and honoring their role in your life. Do you, do you think that this is something that's missing today, Annie, to some extent? And then we kind of forget, we kind of are just too busy to even uh, make a phone call to someone and say, you know what? Uh, you were my nanny 15 years ago and, you know, I just wanted to call you and tell you thank you for everything you've done for us. You really had a great impact in my life and how are you doing? How are the kids doing? This is the kind of loyalty I'm talking about. This is what we can see here, right? This is, here is this Literally, the, the leader of, of the, the Muslim Ummah giving honor to a, a wet nurse who nobody would have recognized. And, uh, nah? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they just come, come back and they move on. When it's been home, it's a job, you know. That's a two year encounter, it's a two year engagement, and that's it. And so imagine the feeling of this, this woman, right, 90 years old, being honored by Rasul Although she's nobody, sometimes we give loyalty to important people. And usually there is like a, a maslaha involved, right? And now, okay, I'll honor someone if I can get something out of them, if I can benefit in some way. But if it's, if it's a nanny, she's gone, خلاص, موجودة here in the Philippines or Ethiopia or wherever. Who cares what's going on with her life? Hey, Sherdon, if I carbon, I'm at home.
Um, another very, very interesting event happened in his childhood. At the age of four, تقريباً, he was playing with his uh, friends there. And all of a sudden, Jibreel appears and uh, forces him to the ground, cuts open his chest, takes out his heart, gets out a bowl of gold, uh, a gold bowl with uh, Zamzam water in it. And the heart is cleansed and specifically a black dot is taken out of the heart. And then the heart is replaced back in the chest and the chest is literally stitched together. And Jibreel leaves and all the children freak out, head home. They um, can't believe what they've just seen. So it was witnessed by them and they go and tell their mother, uh, Halima, that this is what happened. And she comes running out. And is like in shock and she sees the stitches. Uh, here's where she freaks out this is getting too much I think I should return him this is after about two years of, of finishing her job although she was having a good time with him and after this event she's like no let's just send him back um, she got nervous about this by the way this cleansing of the heart incident takes place a second time during the Isra' al-Mi'raj story which will come to whenever we come to it Except then there was no black dot in his heart. And so it was just another second uh, form of cleansing of the heart. That's a very, very interesting uh, story. And uh, we have accounts of Sahaba, even at the age of 60, Anas ibn Malik, for example, uh, narrates that he saw the Prophet because Anas was his servant in the house. He would see him bare-chested. He would see, he could, even at the age of... When the Prophet's age was 60, he could still see the, the stitches of the chest, you know. So this has been witnessed by even people um, much, much later in his life. You, you raise your hand? Yeah, is yeah. this narrated in the Quran or hadith only? Mm. So uh, the ulama, the majority opinion is Surah Al-Inshirah, Alam Nashrah Laka Sadrak, is referring to this specific incident. So there is a mention to it. Uh, in an indirect way to, in the Quran and several other places in the Quran as well um, and of course in the books of Sirah so Amina is worried and she returns him now the Prophet is like the stage we're going to look at is 2 to 6 where is he now? he's not in Bani Sa'd anymore where is he? back in Mecca okay back in Mecca with his uh, mother remember the father passed away Right before um, the Prophet was even born, so he's in the house. I want you to imagine the scene. He's in the house. There's two ladies with him, his mother and another servant of theirs, Um Ayman. Her name is Um Ayman, and they say she was dark-skinned from from Ethiopia, Al Habasha, uh, or Sudan. We don't know. Um, and. Uh, and so he has no siblings. Yeah, no siblings, no father, no father figure. And um, Amina tells Um Ayman, um Ayman who lived much longer after uh, Amina, who's, she narrates to us that at the age of six, تقريباً, um, uh, Amina decides to take her son to Medina. Why? Her, to visit the grave of 
her husband, her late husband, Abdullah. Okay. Uh, and by the way, this is a 450-kilometer walk. Just to visit the grave of the father. So again, another uh, hint of importance of loyalty. Loyalty to even the dead. That's one of the benefits of, of visiting the grave often. Uh, is just sh- showing loyalty to yani, people who've, who've uh, left this world, you know, whether they're your friends or family or uncles or cousins. How, how often do we visit graves just to honor them and be loyal to them? You know, it's a question. Or are we just too busy? You know? So here's his mother. She walks all this distance, and, and of course, Um Ayman is with them. And. Um, Besides the fact that they visit the grave, Hatta, uh, the Prophet from his father's side, from his grandparents' side, their family lived in Medina also. So again, to, to visit the family also and uh, kinship and, and family ties. Again, another form of loyalty also is to uh, meet with extended family and to maintain ties and keep in touch with extended cousins and, you know. Uh, and by the way, the Prophet's great-grandmother was from Yathrib. What's Yathrib, by the way? Medina's old name, Yathrib. After the Prophet Hajr ila Medina, he changed the name from Yathrib to Medina. So um, he visits the city as an orphan and then will come back after 50 years as its leader, literally. Uh, this is Tadbir Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by the way, the same uncle that they visited in Medina, when... The Mahajar, the camel that he was on, literally stopped in front of the house of this uncle that he visits. Uh, which is also a sign from Allah and uh, this is where he's going to be staying, you know, until, until his house is built and all that. This is like when Hijrah comes, inshallah. So again, another form of honoring the uncles of the Prophet, you know, and his families. But these are small details, but it, it really shows you how can um, be this grand plan that's being set up. Yani what are, who, who would have known uh, Rasulullah after all these years will go back to Medina and that will be his home and that's, that's where Islam will start spreading from. And when we expect our, our, yani, our kids, when, when you become parents and you want your kids to be loyal, to you, to your family members, to your siblings, to your, they will learn from you. So this is yani, uh, a reminder for all of us, and we can't expect our children to be loyal if we aren't we aren't showing them, because they see from your example, yani, you know. And this is something that definitely needs to be revived. What's loyalty in Arabic? It's a more accurate term. Um, So, upon return, they stay there for a couple of months. Upon return, during the journey, at a place called Abwa, Amina fell uh, fell sick. And she uh, dies in the middle of the desert, literally. And there's nobody there to bury her except Um Ayman. A woman buries another woman in front of the Prophet And, And... and you notice he's just between two, he's just two, three, uh, six years old, taqriban. Yani. At the age of the death of Amina, he's six years old. 
I mean, any of you have six-year-old uh, kids or uh, nephews or nieces? Or Fatkhaylaw, a six-year-old who has grown up with uh, no father and he's just visited his father's grave, and in the same trip, his mother dies in front of his eyes, suddenly, and they're not even home; they're like out, like out somewhere else. That's a pretty harsh um, it seems like a harsh beginning very tough for him to lose his parents for him to see that reality of life at such an early age so he's like second time orphan now just saw his father's grave uh, at one point close to the they're coming back to uh, or on their way to, to Mecca, they stop by his mother's grave. He honors his mother and he visits the grave in Abwa. And they say the Prophet ﷺ cried so much, his beard got wet. The Sahaba cried a lot also. And um, it was a very, um, very powerful scene for the Prophet ﷺ after more than 50 years to still have those emotions. You know, as a human being. Sometimes we think of him as a prophet, but not as a human being. But he cried. He cried like a baby. And, every, and he made everyone cry. So why, why do they make it seem now that if you cry, it's like not, like you're not supposed to cry much? Because they, they say like they suffer. Hey. Is this Islamically? Or? Just people say that you shouldn't cry. Yeah, so there's a difference between crying and, and, and beating yourself up and screaming and, and creating a scene. Uh, uh, I think that's what's referred to as makruh uh, that excessive sh- screaming and uh, wailing. You know, that's why we're told that a woman shouldn't do this in his life. But again, the Prophet tells us that um, visit the graves, it reminds you of death and it's good for you. It's health, it's good therapy. You know, it puts things in. Again, there's it's it's not a sunnah, but it's. Yani, uh, a way to kind of uh, make a routine out of it, you know. Some people go on Eids and yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, people can say what they want. <laughs> the Prophet ﷺ told us it's it's good, and and he told us "Uthkuru hadim al-ladhat." hadim al-ladhat? The destroyer of temptation. Uh, and we live in the world of temptation now. So in the time of temptation, had desires, addictions, all sorts of things going on. When you remember death, all those temptations go away. That's why a lot of people don't like to talk about death. They're so immersed in their desires and temptations. But death is a reality of life. It's, um, uh, it's painful for those. How many of you have experienced like, the death of someone very close to you? Yeah, so it's, it's painful, it's um, extremely difficult. 
I've lost my father when I was, uh, I came back from college about when I was 23, 24. It's pretty, I was pretty young, I think. I just started my career. He just turned 60, he was retiring. Uh, it was sudden, it happened like he, he got cancer and within three months, you know, it was late stage. I've also lost a child also. Uh, one of my, uh, one of our daughters passed away after 21 days of birth. It is painful, it is uh, strange. It makes you think, it makes you question, but I think it's for every single one of us, we will have to experience death in one way or another. Whether it's someone close, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member. And it does for a while, for a day or two, change your perspective and make you think, right? Deeply. And some people, by the way, their entire lives change after someone close to them dies. Have you, have you seen that? Yeah. The big question is, why is this happening to him? Why is Allah making him go through all this difficulty in such a young age? Exactly. He has a, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So he has a big responsibility to carry. He's being prepared. And, you know, I would say also, like, for him to understand the reality of life and death. It's a big lesson that many people had to, يعني, even at the age of 40 or 50, they haven't realized that lesson. صح? For them, many people till today don't think about death. For them, يعني, you know, it's just this world, dunya, dunya, and money, and temptations and desires, and entertainment, and the next Netflix series, and the next football match, and the next video game, and the next uh, movie, you know. Fa. And don't forget that he will become uh, very popular, very famous, very influential later. For he needs to be well grounded, min al And and the Prophet ﷺ had a beautiful uh, description of how he was taken care of by God Himself. And he used to say, "Adabni Rabbi fa ahsanata adibi." But the Prophet ﷺ is saying that Allah is the one who gave him this uh, or taught him these things through through life events. So if the Prophet wasn't well-grounded and didn't understand the deception of this dunya, didn't understand the temporality of this world, he would, with with all the wealth that would be coming, with all the power that would be coming, it it could be problematic, right? But we also know that this this black dot is taken away from his heart. And so the ulama have discussed what that black dot represents. And um, one opinion is that it is the uh, uh, this is the shaitan's ability to do waswas to us. Kilana, we have a qareen. And uh, this qareen is, think of it like a shaitan that's in partnership with your nafs. And their goal is to destroy us. Right? So, and the nafs is part your lower self, basically. So shaitan does wiswas to your lower self to get you in trouble. And um, if you give in, then you get in trouble. Uh, if you say, A'udhu Billah, and you, you know, stay away from bad things, then shaitan kind of like 
keeps trying, keeps trying, keeps trying. Al-waswas al-khannas. What's the difference between al-waswas al-khannas? Al-waswas is his attack. Khanasa means to retreat. So he, when we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he retreats. For right now, there's no shaitan, inshallah, in this gathering. Then we're doing like hardcore dhikr now. Yeah? And the shaitan doesn't have a problem. They say also that that's why when a child is first born and like during labor, when he first comes out, he starts crying. That's shaitan's... Shaitan is activated all of a sudden for him, literally. And the only one who was saved from this is Isa السلام, according to a hadith of the Prophet But Isa is the only one who was saved from this because of his miraculous birth. It's interesting. Um, and then the Sahaba asked him, so, so everyone has a shaitan, what about you, Ya Rasulullah? Do you have a shaitan also? He says, yes, I do have a shaitan, but he has become a Muslim. فَأَسْلَمْ الشَّيْطَانُ He has basically no, no power to... Uh, or anything but that's why prophets in general are ma'sumin what does ma'sum mean infallible right and here uh, infallible means mainly from like major sins yeah for example Musa had uh, anger issues right? he, he killed someone bil um, that's not a major sin it was, it was just you can say a weakness but every single prophet had uh, this title of being infallible and ma'soom. And of course, another benefit of going through these tough experiences in an early uh, time of, of, their, of his life is to, sh- to, show, to, to grow this empathy in them. You become uh, empathetic, you have feelings, you become... Uh, you have this rahmah inside of you, you know? And then when you see someone who is weak also, then you have this desire to help them. They become very dry, they become very uh, insensitive, desensitized. You know what I'm talking about? Yani for them, uh, that compassion is gone, that's... Uh, feeling of just you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes is, is not there. But for the Prophet that was from an early on built into his character. And that's why we will see how empathetic he was and how caring and, and uh, gentle he was. And of course, this, this idea of removing, when you remember death and you remember the, the temporality of this world and you, and you also remember how sudden it can come. What does that teach you? Remember, both deaths were sudden, unexpected. What does it teach you? Hmm? Expect the unexpected and be prepared. There's no time for procrastination and saying, Inshallah, on a baltism when I'm 40 and 50, I'll start praying when I'm 60. I'll go to Hajj when I'm 60. No. You can't can't guarantee the next breath. For this sense of urgency, this um, seriousness about life, was built into him from a young age. He became very, very mature. And to some extent also, حتى, يعني, this, uh, 
when you don't have this attachment to this this life, this world, then for you generosity becomes easy. And we said that uh, courage is one of the roots of al-akhlaq. From courage comes generosity. What makes someone generous is when they are uh, not afraid of poverty. Wal-bakhil, why is he bakhil? Why is he greedy? Khayf, la khayf in al that's why the Prophet teaches us Whenever you give a sadaqah Your wealth hasn't decreased It actually increases But this requires courage Requires a certain amount of courage Oh by the way There's something beyond generosity Generosity is al-karam But then there's something also beyond that Which is called al-ithar is when you help someone and you know that it's going to uh, cause some sort of hardship for you. Hardship for you as a giver, right? Al-ithar. So you basically are losing something yani, material by, by giving. That's ithar. It's a higher level of... Um, and it's mentioned in the Quran. وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصًا And so, I'll tell you a story about this. So at one point, as Islam was growing, in one of the battles, after the battles, they would get spoils of war. It's called Al-Ghana'im. For this battle specifically, there were so many spoils of war. Literally, it was filling... Yani, the spoils were so much that they were filling the, the distance between two mountains. Tkhaylin, Jabalin, Kilshay Bainhom is spoils of war, Ghana'im. Okay. And so the Prophet sees this man who, And he's like just He can't believe that there's so much wealth there And the Prophet tells him So what do you think of this? What do you think of all of this? He says Ya Rasulullah this is, this is amazing This is like Wow he's so impressed And the Prophet tells him take it all And Rayal uh, is like You're kidding right? You can't be serious. Prophet said, take it all. It's all yours. And uh, the Prophet said it in a serious way. And he actually meant it. This, this man goes and takes all the wealth and goes back to his people. And he says to his people, جئتكم من عندي خير الناس إن محمدًا يعطي عطاءً من لا يخشى الفقر أبدًا so a lot of people have this idea that the Prophet was very poor That's not true at all Yes, there was, there was a, a two-year period called the boycott period Which we'll study Where things were very bad And economically there was a boycott on them from Quraysh But at, some, at one point, like this point here there, He had so much wealth You cannot imagine But um سخي شنو معنات سخي Kareem, like, uh, you know, like, for him, we think, like, for five seconds, and we check our account, we'll benefit to the, and then we give. We do our budgeting, and then we give. The thought, before calculating, they give, and then they calculate, you know. 
money flows out of uh, the generous sakhi uh, very easy for that was that was him لِلْدَرَجَةً once uh, after this غَنَاءٌ were distributed um, the Prophet goes back home and Aisha tells the Prophet ﷺ, so what did you bring for us from the spoils? and by the way these, these spoils were um, <laughs> there's a noor all of a sudden now <laughs> these spoils came from Al-Bahrain literally Bahrain back then wasn't just this island, it was this whole area, Shargiya and Bahrain and It was known to have a lot of wealth. Yes. Bahrain Quran is a different uh, it's, it's in the context of uh, as this region but extended. Okay. Aisha says to the Prophet, so what did you bring for us? At least it's been a while since we've had meat. For the Prophet, unfortunately, I gave it all away. Uh, perhaps you could have reminded me. That's it's a very gentle way of the Prophet um, commenting on, on uh, Aisha's concern, right? Then uh, You'd expect the Prophet ﷺ to give her a lecture about sakha and generosity and no, we have to be giving, you're the wife of the Prophet, how, how dare you talk about meat? No, we should be, يعني, but, but the Prophet ﷺ was very gentle with his wife and he, he told her, you know, I wish you had reminded me. It just slipped my mind. But Aisha got the point, you know. Uh, and they say that Aisha anha many years later uh, she for, from in some way or another got they say 18,000 dirhams came to her as wealth and she had a, a female servant with her in the house thank you thanks so 18,000 come in and now she's giving it away and she gives all of it away and the khadima in the house she says the same comment it's been a while since we've had meat and Aisha repeats the same comment to her I wish you had, you had reminded me you know so she, she kind of uh, played that same scene all over again so it's a very tough life lessons at an early age do you think these life lessons are important? What do you think? Yes. And what has happened to our kids nowadays? They're on a Disney ride, right? easy, sahalat, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, will this affect them in a negative way in the future? Yeah, absolutely. If they're not... Uh, And there needs to be some sense of teaching them about the toughness of life and the fact that يعني, there are certain harsh things about life that are a reality and that's just the way it is. It can be painful at times. And on a Wildi Abdullah is like he keeps getting nightmares of like losing me, you know, and like this one day we saw this movie uh, Khan and, and Tsunami and like 
till today he has nightmares and uh, what if the tsunami his fear is not the tsunami it's like what if the tsunami comes and you all die and I'm here alone and I, I survive and I'm alone what will I do without you subhanAllah it's, it's, uh, it's their innocent nature right but it's an important reality but at the same time we need to teach them that death shouldn't be a scary thing it's simply a transition into the next lives. If you remember, we have three other lives after death. Sah? Al Barzakh, the grave, and then the day of judgment, and then Al Jannah, Bidnillah. And uh, for the pure souls, Barzakh and uh, day of judgment will be like a breeze. It'll be like that, yeah. you know. Um, you'll get all sorts of VIP treatments who. Rawla and you know speedy service VIP access that's not scary it's just a it's just a transition it's a reunion but it's a reality it's it's bound to happen that separation is going to happen and blacks I think we should yes it's nice to cry for the dead but it's also nice to celebrate their lives you know and I think that's uh, yani Something that we need to do more of. Celebrate the lives of the, the people who have died in our lives and remember their memories and their achievements and all of that. So the Prophet Yes. Question, sorry. Yani, are they, so all the dead, are they there now? Well, it's a time where they're all going to be there at the same time. Yeah, so so it's, uh, dying, it's a different time. Mm. Yes, but it's a different perspective. So it's not the same time as ours. It's a different dimension altogether. Very difficult for us to comprehend. And remember, for Allah, there's no, there's no time. Mafi yeah. past, future, present for Allah. Allah muhit bil... Everything. For Him, there's no such thing as past and future. And again, this concept is very difficult to comprehend. Yes. So it would be an experience, yes. That's, yani, I wouldn't know, nor would anyone know. Yani. Al Barzakh is that transition. Barzakh means transition between two lives. So it's the transitionary life between this life and. يوم القيامة. ف yes, عذاب القبر happens in the برزخ and all of that happens in. بس again في نعيم القبر. Why do we just talk about عذاب القبر? Yeah. So people think it's just عذاب. لا there's نعيم of قبر also for the good people. Which is your your قبر will be a garden of paradise. There's very detailed descriptions. You'll have a window in your grave overlooking your palace in Jannah, and all sorts of beautiful smells and and. If uh, again, we're not talking about the physical grave. We're talking about that that dimension where you will be spend your soul will be spending time. So it's the soul aspect of it. Exactly. At the time of death, you mean? 
إيه to some extent يعني any دعاء benefits the ميت no no doubt about it because um, yeah there is the questioning that happens at the time of death شوية فرعنا عن الموضوع بس there is a questioning that happens that's why that's why نعم خلنا نتكلم عليه فيا حبكم حاجة سوالف التو but that's why the grave I don't know if you've seen it but it's like it's this deep, Tara. يعني. يعني, if this is the floor, it's it's very deep. Zin. why is it why is it so deep? Because um, the or the, the the body actually sits up. You will sit up, and two angels will come to you, Al Munkar and and Nakir, and they will ask you three questions. Man Rabbuk, Ma Dinuk. من نبيك؟ the actual body. لا لا هاي at the at the point at the point of burial يعني هاي قاعد تكلم. إيه يعني that instant that's why الدعاء حق الميت عند السؤال وهاي يقولون إن that's good. فاا the three questions that يعني من ربك what's the answer? yeah hopefully you get it right yeah. ما دينك نعم نعم Yeah, so, يعني again, if again Allah has His His way, you know, Allah has His way. Exactly. يعني those who truly live by these three, نمن ربك who was really your master in your life, who was your authority, who was your who did you turn to? Who did you seek help from? Who was your real Rabb in your life? If Allah was your real Rabb, it'll come out like that. If your Rabb was something else or someone else or yourself, then good luck with that. Yani. So like a rephrasing for your question is like, so um, will, will these three questions be asked to people who don't want to identify as Muslim? No, ما دينك الإسلام is the answer because إن الدين عند الله الإسلام there is no other religion old prophets came with the same message of Islam and so if you really lived by this deen and you applied it in your life and then yeah it will come out very easily and من نبيك who did you follow if you really did follow محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم in your life not just lip service but you actually followed him then yeah he is your role model and you will say it like that you know Coming back to Sira, I wanted to Shway go into a tangent that's an important tangent at this stage, which is this idea of dunya. Because remember that the black spot has been taken out of the Prophet's heart, but it has not; it's not; it's still there for us. But that's why, يعني, for us, life is a test because we're gonna have to struggle with this thing. This wiswas, this nafs that loves dunya, and and at the same time the ruh wants akhirah. So there's this conflict going on in our ourselves. Part of us that brings you here once a week is the ruh who wants to do dhikr, who wants to get close to Allah, who wants to pray, who wants to read Quran, who wants to get to know the process. That's the ruh. That's the food for the soul. Dhikr, yes, remembrance of God, remembrance of these beautiful teachings. And then at the same time you have the nafs. 
which is lazy, it wants to satisfy its temptations and desires and money and power and wealth and uh, status in society and all of these things. But the Prophet has a beautiful saying, he says, Mali walid dunya. And I have nothing to do with this dunya. So he gives us a metaphor of life. It is as if a traveler stops by under the shade of a tree, takes a small nap and then moves on uh, with his journey. He describes dunya as that temporary rest under the shade of the tree. For the traveler, that's not a big deal. But there was a journey before, there's a journey after. And that's how we should see life. You know, it's a transition, it's temporary, it's, we do our best in this uh, 50, 60, 70 years, whatever Allah has written for you. You do your best, you try to purify yourself, make this world a better place, be a good human being, be kind, be nice, uh, follow the Quran and the Sunnah up to your, uh, up to your utmost capabilities and inshallah, You'll be, you'll be doing really good, yani, inshallah. You'll have to be a really, really, really messed up criminal who literally loves evil and spreads co- bloodshed and corruption on earth to, to get in trouble. Tara. Inshallah, don't worry. Yani. Hmm? Inshallah, inshallah. Eh. The next couple of slides, there are actually a dozen of them. I'm, I'm warning you. It's just to take this tangent of dunya and akhirah because I think it's an important one. Um, because the Prophet has just experienced death. He's understanding the reality of life. Remember, he was born in the year of the elephant. Yani, Ashab al-Fil and what's happened. All of these things have uh, played a significant role in his life because uh, he's been hearing those stories all the time. The question is dunya or akhara or both? Dunya and akhara. Huh? How many of you think we can have both in our hearts? Exactly, exactly. That's, that's the easiest and simplest way to understand this. Dunya and akhara cannot be in your heart together. Yani, Quranically speaking, that's, that would be a flawed way of living life. And uh, you, you'll be struggling. Uh, of course, those who have only dunya in their heart, a lot of pain. A lot of suffering. Because you'll never be satisfied. You're always, there's always going to be something missing. If there is a mix of a spaghetti of dunya and akhara, then yeah, you'll have ups and downs. But if you want to riv- live a really peaceful, beautiful, content life, your heart is fully... Uh, yani it's, it's filled with akhra and but with your hands you are engaged in this life so you're not moving to the Himalayas or to like some mountain and doing meditation all day and like withdrawing from life like you're engaged you're there you're um, working you're being productive you're an active member of society you have a certain cause that you're working for um you're getting married, you're having kids, but you're engaged. And that's what the Prophet was, and we'll see that today. But that's, the, that's the balance that we, we learn from the Quran and the Sunnah. Is akhara for, 
heart is reserved for akhirah, but my hands are engaged with dunya. And like I said, I repeat that statement. It's a beautiful way of understanding this. At dunya, mazra'atul akhirah. And dunya, you're doing a lot of zira'ah, you're doing a lot of work, hard work, you're getting your hands dirty, you're sweating, and uh, you're making the best of this life, but the fruits, you're not attached to the fruits of that labor, right? Dunya, mazra'atul akhirah. Dunya, mazra'atul dunya. Dunya, mazra'atul akhirah. You're in giving mode. You're just in service mode. You're just there to serve. Yes, Allah will bless you with wealth, with children, with assets, with property, whatever it is, that's fadlullah alaykum. But your focus is giving, it's adding value to people's lives, it's being a nice human being, helping others, being of service to others. Is that clear? That formula? Yes? So dunya, in your, not in your heart. Akhra in your heart and dunya in your hands. But what do we see the reality of most people today? You can see from what's happening, right? There's a lot of dunya, a lot of materialism, a lot of love of this, the physicality of things, the way you look, what kind of clothes you wear, what kind of food you eat, you know, your house, your car, where you've been in the summer, where are you going to travel to next? No, no, again, it's about being obsessed with showing that and, and talking about that and comparing yourself to others based on that. That's what we're talking about here. Blacks, Allah says, uh, it's, it's a command of Allah. Go and experience life and travel and see the world. and Of course. It, it, and the Prophet is going to travel. We're going to see that soon. It teaches you a lot about life skills. But um, I wanted to share with you some ayat very quickly. But this concept of dunya contrasts with akhirah. So it's always dunya or akhirah. Dunya or akhirah. There's no and. Yes? And again, please, please, please don't misunderstand this part of the, the talk as in I'm telling you to withdraw from the world. I'm telling you, be engaged. Do your best, be productive, solve problems, make this world a better place, create businesses, become, inshallah, Allah, millionaires and billionaires with your projects, whatever. But your goal is not the billions. Your goal is adding value. It's solving problems. It's fixing the world. It's, you know, making this world a better, peaceful, purer place. And that's how you make money, by the way. Any successful business today, it's based on either giving pleasure to its customers or removing pain? Like why, why did we buy this, this cake? Why? Why, why do we pay 30 dinars for the cake? Because it, it's going to give you pleasure, right? And so it's, yani I'm giving, I value this cake and so I will compensate the maker of this cake. It's completely fine. That's the, that's the nature of how things work. Why do you go to the dentist? To remove pain. Every, every dinar that comes out of your pocket, it's either you're giving it to get some pleasure or to remove some pain. And that's how the life works. If your focus is that, how can I give... halal pleasure we're saying now. Don't misunderstand. But you make money by giving maximum pleasure in a halal way 
or by removing pain, the maximum amount of pain in people's lives. And that's, you, and that's how you become successful, whether it's in your job or in your careers or business or whatever. That's a genuine intention. business And their goal is profit. They will sell you the crappiest product. They will market it as the best product in the world. They will sugarcoat it. They were this. High facade. That's corruption. And um, that's what we're saying here. Dunya and Akhra don't... Like, la yastawoon. You can't be a greedy person and a generous person. You guys get it? You can't give, be a giver and a taker. You can't be honest and a liar. My sleep. But that's what we're saying. It's a heart matter, guys. Uh, again, dunya is about shahawat. It's about desires and temptations. It's about... And, and now, if we're saying shahawat, it's excessive shahawat that are beyond the boundaries. Because there's some shahawat, of course, that are completely halal, yani, you know? And uh, yani, it's actually... Like there was one sahabi who stopped um, eating, was fasting every day. He stopped sleeping. He, start, he started doing qiyam al-layl all night. And he made a vow that I will not marry. When the Prophet ﷺ heard this, <laughs> he came and, and he told him, no, what, are you, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? He said, yeah, so Allah, you know, I, I just, I, I, don't want, I don't like women. I want to pray all night. And I, um, what's the third one? Women. Uh, and, and I don't, I'm not going to eat. Which is the, I like fasting. I, it's, he's trying to be over-righteous. But the Prophet ﷺ corrected his thinking and he says, listen, I sleep and I pray at night. I eat and I fast. And I marry women. And if you want an, uh, the perfect example, follow me. What you're doing is deviant. It's extremist. That's not righteousness. More than welcome to satisfy yourself in the boundaries. For example, in marriage, يعني, certain restrictions, you are fully um, allowed to do whatever you please within the boundaries. Uh, again, with food, you can eat whatever. Again, يعني, stay away from haram food and, and pork. You want to drink? Drink orange juice, mango juice, <laughs> apple juice. There's so many fruits out there. So many ginger ale. <laughs> Halayamfi, that drink also. What's it called? Kombucha. Wildi <laughs> Halayam, I don't know why he came across root beer. He's like, Baba, is root beer halal? Or? <laughs> so many drinks available. Blacks enjoy this. Kulu washrabu. You know? And Allah says, Kulu washrabu wala tusrifu. Don't do israf. So excessive. Wala tusrifu. So don't. Do excessive, yeah. Um, entertainment, yeah. The Prophet ﷺ would tell the Sahaba, "Sa'atan wa sa'a." You know, there's time for ibadah, time for work, but time for chillaxing also. Yani, you know, we're hana bashar. Yani, but that doesn't mean six hours of Netflix. Yani, you know. For again, balance. 
But let's look at the ayat, okay? And again, bear with me, but I'm going to go fast, okay? Now, this is Quran speaking now, okay? These, are, these ayats are all over the Quran. Every other page you'll find some reference to dunya or akhirah. So in Surah Al-Imran, I'm going to go very quickly. وَمَنْ يُرِدْ ثَوَابَ الدُّنْيَا نُؤْتِهِ مِنْهَا وَمَنْ يُرِدْ ثَوَابَ الْآخَرَةَ نُؤْتِهِ مِنْهَا وَسَنَجْزِ الشَّاكِرِينَ So what we're learning here is people, there are certain people who desire this world. Irada means you intend, you desire this world, you want, that's what you're after. It's like your direction, your qibla. The people, their qibla is dunya and their people, al-qibla maratum al-akhara. There's two different perspectives. In, in another ayah in Surah Al-Imran 152, he says, مِنْكُمْ مَنْ يُرِيدُ الدُّنْيَا وَمِنْكُمْ مَنْ يُرِيدُ الْآخِرَةِ Notice, it's either this or that. And Allah says, Allah wants to, to do tawbah on us. Wallahu yuridu an yatuba alaykum. However, wa yuridu alladhina tabi'una shahawat an tamilu maylan azima. Some people, their irada is for you to follow your desires and temptations. In uh, Nisa, man kana yuridu thawab al dunya, fa'anda Allahi thawab al dunya wal akhira. So he's changing your perspective. Don't just think of dunya. Why, why, why are you neglecting akhira? Surah Al Anfal. Some people just want this world, but Allah wants Akhirah for us. Yeah. He's changing. Quran, it changes the way you think. It changes your perspective, your attitude, your view of life, your world view, literally. Um, Surah Hud. Notice, then the dunya is attractive. It's, uzina is what? It's decoration. We put decoration on And then what happens after the party? The decoration comes off You don't keep it forever It's beautiful and all of that But don't be distracted And then the next ayah Allah says Those people who want dunya And there's it's zina Everything they've done will be wasted. It's a tough one, yeah? For those who just want this world and it's zina. And then, Again, it's about that farming example. Whoever wants harth al means the fruits of akhira. نزد له في حرث الله will increase for you as for those من كان يريد حرث الدنيا نؤتي منها وما له في الآخرة من نصيب you get what you what you aim for in this world but الآخرة there is nothing for you moving on واصبر نفسك سورة الكهف this is a surah you probably are reading every Friday a reminder واصبر نفسك be patient with those who those who remember Allah night and day. what? What's their qibla? It's Allah, it's not dunya, right? All they seek is Allah's pleasure. Notice it doesn't stop there. Allah says, don't turn your eyes away from them. Don't turn your eyes away from them. Turidu dunya. Don't turn away from these people and, and seek dunya and its, its uh, distractive decoration. And then, وَلَا تُطْعْ مَنْ أَخْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا And don't follow the one whose heart we have veiled. 
from our remembrance. When your heart is veiled from Allah's remembrance, what's the consequence of that? You will follow your, your, your desires blindly. His affairs will be completely lost. And then uh, Qarun, he was the Elon Musk of his time. His entourage, his, think of it as his cars, his, his jewelry, his, all of this wealth that he's displaying to the people. And some people said, Some people who saw that and in their heart was love of dunya, they were impressed big time with this. Oh, how we wish we had the same as the same car as his, how I wish, you know, uh, we were billionaires like him, we had his house, we had his car, although he lives a very simple life, yeah. But you guys get what I'm saying, right? There are such certain people who, even if they don't have all those, the, the worldly, يعني, wealth and desires, they wish to have it when they see it in others, which is a, is a, which is a form of, Competition for dunya. And this is what Allah refers to as التكاثر. Allah says, أَلْهَاكُمْ التكاثر حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرِ This competition to accumulate more and more dunya, 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 dunya has distracted you until you've reached your grave. So you spent your entire life being distracted. But competition is not bad as long as you're competing for what? Akhirah, exactly. For Compete for goodness. نعم صحيح صحيح الله سبحانه وتعالى and نحسن للناس صحيح نعم سرقة جارية أي. yeah, and Surah Al-Fatiha, the Surah we read, Maliki Yawmiddin, we remember Akhara 27 times a day, right? Or 17 times a day, sorry, if you're reading five times Salahs, there's another 17 rak'ahs in a day. And Surah Al-Ahzab, this is again Allah addressing His wives. Ya ayyuh nabi qul li azwajik. Allah telling the Prophet ﷺ to address His wives. Ya ayyuh nabi qul li azwajik in kuntunna turidna al-hayat al-dunya do you want if you want dunya wazinataha then come i will give you what you want and i will let you go sarahan jamila in a beautiful way however wa in kuntunna turidna allah wa rasulahu wa ad-dar al-akhira fa inna allah a'adda lil-muhsinati minkunna ajran 'azima so even the wives are being told what's your direction what do you want do you want dunya or akhirah? And it's a choice, Tara. Yani, we're not forced to choose one or the other, but Allah is inviting us to choose akhirah over dunya. Why? 
exactly. Fa, do we benefit if we live for akhirah? Or what's the, what's the harm of living for dunya versus benefit of living for akhirah? Let's talk about it practically. Dunya is limited, you're not attached to anything. Okay, for how does it benefit you though? You're at peace. Mumtaz, yes, absolutely. If, uh, you want freedom, you want peace, you want tranquility, you want joy and service, you want to sleep well at night, you want to have no regrets, live for akhirah, simply. You want to have no fear of death, live for akhirah. But you want, you want to compete for dunya, go ahead. You're going to be exhausted, stressed out, worried, anxiety, stress, loneliness. Something will be missing in your life. You're going to be, you know, drinking, smoking, whatever to fill that void. Uh, you're going to try all sorts of uh, um, meditative and spiritual experiences to try to fill that void. Nothing's going to work. Until... You bring Akhara into the picture. Everything else is just يعني, temporary. Fa, again, يعني, you have to understand why is Allah repeating this concept of dunya versus Akhara? It's actually for our benefit. Allah Hibna, we have khair lana when He designed this life and He created us and He knows what He knows how we function best. He knows what's good for us. So he's teaching us how to live life, how to view this world. And then Allah says in Surah Al-Najm, I'll keep going on. Turn away from the one who has uh, moved away from our remembrance. Um, and Allah keeps going on. What does mata' mean? Tafun, uh, the luggage that a travel ca- traveler carries with them, that's called mata'af. It's again a, a hint of being temporary. Yeah? This world is like this luggage. And Allah keeps going on. All of the stuff that people are, people are distracted with. And then at the end, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ Again, Allah is asking a question at the end of this ayah. Are, are you really settling for this, this dunya and leaving akhirah? It's a question. It's a distraction, it's an entertainment. فَمَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَزِينَتَهَا Again, وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى يَعْلَمُونَ ظَاهَرًا مِنَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ عَنِ الْآخِرَةِ هُمْ غَافِلُونَ Again, this is, this is about ilm. We're seeking so much knowledge, learning about dunya, 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 how to make money, how to become famous, how to become an influencer, how to do marketing, بس وَهُمْ عَنِ الْآخِرَةِ غَافِلُونَ Heedless about the akhirah. And this one I love, Surah Al-Baqarah. أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ اشْتَرَوُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا بِالْآخِرَةِ Literally, they sold the Akhara and they bought this. 
But can Allah is giving you a deal? He's like, يعني تبي تشتري الآخرة ولا الدنيا. So it's a trade, and that's why the Sahaba we learn later on in Sirah they actually do what's called Bayatul Ridwan. Bayah, which what does Bayah mean? Yeah, it's a trade, right? So literally, they يعني they they had to. It was يعني mandatory for the men to shake hands with the Prophet ﷺ. And Allah tells us that يَدُ اللَّهِ فَوْقَ أَيْدِيهِمْ Like when they, when they did that shaking of hand and that's called الْبَيْعَ And for the women it wasn't done of course physically but they also had to do بَيْعَ This was a, part, a significant part of Sunnah بَيْعَةِ الرضوان is called Why? Because it's officially you committing to Okay Ya Rasulullah I sell this world for Akhirah You know It's a commitment uh, again, it's just like that piece of luggage, it's temporary. And qarar from like istiqrar, right? Like when you settle. You can't settle in this world. There's going to be all sorts of challenges, all sorts of um, difficulties. And by the way, yeah, another very, very, very important point, guys. What's in it for us to live for akhirah instead of dunya? Is life going to hit you hard with tests and challenges? Absolutely. Allah says, We will surely, surely, surely test you with what? Bishayin, with a bit of khawf, fear, hunger, meaning inflation, well, enforce people will be you lose people's lives will be lost in your in your time. With the marat and fruits, for you will be tested with all these things. For now, the question is: If Allah, يعني قال لكم, you will face difficulties. This this life is not it's not a utopian model of oh paradise on earth la 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 fi zalazal fi qatl fi bug fi haramiya fi rape going on there's domestic abuse there's uh, pedophiles out there there's all sorts of things going on weird things happening and Allah's telling us if your if your heart is obsessed with this world and and there's all these ups and downs in life. What's going to happen to your heart as a result of this also? Bad. It's like your heart is literally going through ups and downs. But when the heart is stable Do you get shaken by the ups and downs of life? No. You become more resilient. You become stronger. For actually, actually, having akhirah in your heart makes you stronger. You can't be shaken. And my teacher gives the example of a speedboat compared to a ship. the ship, the waves don't, don't bother you, right? But if you have dunya and akhirah and there's a lot of dunya in your heart, it's like that speedboat. Aqal wave to the, you'll be toppled over and you'll be crushed. And, yeah. Uh, again, 
يعني some people احنا ما نعرف ظروفهم ولا نقدر نحكم عليهم انه شنو مصيرهم right طبعا suicide is حرام right but um, depending on what people are going through احنا ما نعرف و يعني يا ما نشوف we see so many uh, articles of like laborers who commit suicide here in, in, in Bahrain صح usually most of them are financial issues they're either stuck in a lot of debt ashamed you know uh, can't face uh, their families hmm? depressed exactly وما في نهايه بالنسبه لهم اذا ما في ايمان there's no then iman gives us hope Exactly. You don't have that trust. Absolutely. And people see the ibtila as a bad thing. Absolutely. Which one again? لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها. Yes, yes. What you can, what you can't handle. Yeah. Yeah. For hope, trust. These are huge for a mu'min. And that is what faith is, right? It's trust. It's hope. It's tawakkul. Shouldn't tawakkul. It's trusting Allah. Without hope and trust, you're, you're extremely weak. Um, but with hope and trust, you become extremely strong. Yeah. And the biggest trust is this idea of akhirah, which يعني, is, is blind faith, right? Like we haven't seen it, but we believe in it. يعني, it's not easy to believe in it. But that's what we're holding on to, you know. So you guys get the point. Don't be deceived by this low life. Literally from dunu. Dunya means low, right? Allah wants you to aim high, not low. Um, don't be distracted. And don't let al-gharur distract you. Who's al-gharur? Shaitan. Fasrun say here. This is with the fatha gharur is the one who uh, distracts you and deceives you, and it's referred to as shaitan. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll share the slides with you later on, and uh, you guys get the point? Yes? Notice their love for dunya is over al akhirah. Uh, زُيِّنَ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا There are people who, this dunya is so distracted and anyone who they meet who has akhirah in their heart, they actually make fun of them. You're talking about uh, volunteering for like a fundraiser or for charity event. 
تعال ويانا خلينا نروح كلابينج تعال خلينا نروح نشيش نطلع مباريات ف يو يل بي يل بي ميد فان اوف اف يور لان اتس ويرد تو تو بي فاليوز بيس اتس ويرد تو بي اخر فوكس ان ذس ان ذس وورلد بي ليفن يو جايز سيتنج هير ذس هول سيت اب از ويرد اصلا for many people now it's like such come into guiding saatin talun boring slides and such come get a life yani fa tabiat tabiat al bashar yani it's uh, it's it has happened to the prophets you know and uh it's a sign of weakness or denial yeah, for the easiest way is to bully yeah and it happens in a young age yes ايه طبعا ايه. And this one this one's a beautiful one زين للناس حب الشهوات من النساء والبنين والقناطير المقنطره من الذهب والفضه والخيل المسومه literally uh, back in the days it was it was horses but now it's like cars branded horses والانعام والحرث literally lands and farmlands ذلك متاع الحياه الدنيا والله عنده حسن المآب This one, uh, very, very deep one. There's some people who don't even want to meet Allah. And they're just satisfied with this dunya. And they're, in a fake way, they're just satisfied with this world. And they're completely heedless of our ayat. And then this is where the balance comes in Surah Al-Qasas. وَابْتَغِ فِي مَا أَتَاكَ اللَّهَ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ Whatever Allah has given you, whether it's wealth, whether it's knowledge, whether it's a skill, whether it's whatever Allah has given you, وَابْتَغِ فِي مَا أَتَاكَ اللَّهَ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ Seek what with it? الْآخِرَةِ But at the same time, وَلَا تَنْسَى نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Don't withdraw. You still have a share of this, this world. Get married, sleep. Uh, take care of your body, satisfy your shahawat in the halal way, release that energy, um, you know, get food on the, on the table for your children, earn a halal income, get a decent job or a business, um, contribute to society in a positive way. But that's your nasib in the dunya. وَأَحْسَنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكِ ولا تبغي الفساد في الارض dont seek corruption ان الله لا يحب المفسدين فشفت القران شلون واضح like i don't have to translate ترى ايات بينات يعني you know um, and then these are very famous surahs from juz amma surah an-naz'at fa'amma man tagha ask for the one who has gone off track wa'athara al-hayat ad-dunya they favor dunya fa'an al-jahima hiya al-ma'wa they will suffer And here is not just suffering in terms of jahim, it's suffering in dunya. They will suffer uh, with difficulties. Then uh, they're attached to the wrong thing. So this nafs desires, al-hawa uh, is the desires of the nafs. We have to kind of resist the temptation of the dunya, right? That's the deal. And Allah says in Surah Al-A'la, it's a question. Do you really favor dunya? والآخرة خير وأبقى أن آخرة is better for you and it's longer lasting. 
He goes on to say, This is verily what was written in the, in the books of Ibrahim and Musa. This was the bottom line. Akhirah over dunya. That's the, the underlying lesson. The biggest lesson of life is don't be deceived by dunya. And wallah, when you start this journey of changing your qibla from dunya to akhirah, everything, everything will fall into place. Everything becomes easy. Uh, you become stronger. You become more filled with hope and trust and peace, resilience. You become unshakable, literally. People will, will be like, What happened to you? How come, how come you're not uh, afraid or whatever? يعني. And Allah says, ما جعل الله لرجل من قلبين في جوفه. Allah hasn't given us two hearts. One for dunya, one for akhara. We only have one heart. وصلت الفكرة مالت الدنيا والآخرة. I thought like it was an important. شرايكم في المقطع هذه. Was it useful? Uh, sorry, I bored you with a lot of ayat, but يعني, I felt in. Uh, يَبِّيلِكُمْ تُذِي دُوسِ دُنْيَا وَآخِرَةً So that when we continue seerah, you will understand why the Prophet does what he does and why the Sahaba are doing what they're doing. Like, no, that's the way they think. And I'm pretty sure, Wallahu alam, Rasulullah in the Meccan period, in the 13 years of Mecca, this is what he taught. رَبَّ الصَّحَابَ عَلَى حُبِّ الْآخِرَةً over dunya. I think that's one of the biggest lessons he taught them. That's why it was so easy for them to give charity and help and even give, give up their lives. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of this, mes- uh, this mission and this message. So now the Prophet is six plus years old. His mother just died, so he's handed over to his grandfather, Abdul Muttalib, who is a big shot in Quraysh. And يعني, at this age, notice, huh? six plus, يعني, seven, eight, Abdul Muttalib is, is the chief of Quraysh and he used to sit near the Kaaba and, and uh, during Asr time to the Confi shade يصير, على, uh, from the, the angle or to where they're sitting Fafi shade and there, there used to be like a platform and who would sit on the platform? Abdul Muttalib and who would come there? It was like a meeting like a congress meeting Killal chiefs would come and they would discuss politics economics, society all sorts of things and the Prophet ﷺ would take Muhammad ﷺ with him there. And what would the Prophet ﷺ do? Play? No. He would sit and he would listen. He had the interest of listening. But Khaylo, a seven-year-old listening to old people talk about current affairs. Okay? Made him very, very smart and uh, switched on. Um, and, and Abdul Muttalib would tell the people, Ibn Ab- Ibn هذا, He used to call him his son. So he gained a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. He started learning networking skills, politics, economics. But then at the age of eight, again, the grandfather passes away. He was, he was old, in his 90s probably. So now the process is a third time orphan. By this, by this time, خلاص, he's like, he understands life, you know. And... Uh, Abdul Muttalib wassa Abu Talib to take care of him after he dies. Okay, because he was sick for a while. And and 
by the way, a lot of people when like so many bad things happen to them, one after another, after another, after another, another, she surfi home saat. They become rebellious. They start developing hatred and resentment and just withdrawal. And sometimes like things like suicide, this world, it's just getting from bad to worse. You know people like that? You know, just it's not getting better at all. Yani. It just keeps getting worse and worse. For the Prophet uh, he was, uh, it made him more empathetic, like we said, more, uh, more caring and more compassionate. And Allah describes him in two ways in the Quran. وَإِنَّكَ لَرَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ Who knows? Ra'fa. It's kind of like gentleness, kindness, mercy. Hmm? Yeah, kindness I think is the closest one. Extremely kind, extremely compassionate and merciful. Um... And by the way, for those of you who are single, for those of you who are widows, those of you who are um, single mothers, divorced, the Prophet ﷺ was alone at, at a point in time also. Maryam uh, was alone at a point in time also. Sa'at, يعني, we sometimes, especially people who, who have that situation in their life, they think in yani they're missing out on something. When, why is Allah doing this to them? But you have to understand, there is hikmah in this. There is always some wisdom, some reason why Allah made you go through that because He wants you to learn something. He wants you to be of service in some way. That the Prophet was an orphan, no parents, no grandfather, no siblings. Nowadays, you have things like autism, loneliness. There's this new thing my kids talk about called emo. New trend. I don't even know what in the world that is. But they become emotionless. Had home, emotional. And their caps are down and headphones on. And they make certain movies for these people. But... Um, yeah, يعني, the Prophet ﷺ went through all of that, but yet he was so engaged. He was forward-looking. He was uh, active. Mugaad fil bayt al iPad or PlayStation, or just withdrawing from the world and you know, giving up on life. Inni lam rahma. Let's move on. Now the Prophet is about eight years old. He's with Abu Talib, his uncle. Notice how many times the Prophet has shifted his house. Five times already. He was with his mother. Rahag Halima Saadiya. Raja and Umma. Abdul Muttalib. Abu Talib. Five homes in eight years. But what, what else is he going through? A lot of changes. And, and, and when you go through a lot of changes, for a lot of people, they don't like change. We like to stay in our comfort zone. And, but this was part of a tarbiyah al-ilahiyya, right? And Allah wanted him to experience different homes. Yani Abu Talib, they say in his house, there were 10 people in the house. Bainama Abdul Muttalib, who was in the house? It was just two old, old people. 
and with his mother it was two ladies but he literally got to experience different kinds of homes different environments and uh, learning self-dependence also learning about adaptability اليوم وايد يتكلمون عن هاي الترم adaptability or flexibility لأن يعني especially in our times there's so many changes happening if you're not adaptable you will break you will you, especially in your business if you're not adaptable you're out of business you have to keep changing you have to be dynamic uh, for the Prophet Sallam is being taught all of these beautiful characters yes sorry sorry I didn't see In the house, um, I need to research in the Madri, Marf, yani. But um, what I know is Khan Fi Zubair, Khan Fi Hamza in the house also. Those are the two that I remember. Aqil also, Aqil, yeah. Father's side. Ukhu Abdullah. And this is a beautiful uh, piece of wisdom from Ibn Ata'illah al-Sakandari. He says, رُبَّمَا أَعْطَاكَ فَمَنَعَكَ وَرُبَّمَا مَنَعَكَ فَأَعْطَاكَ وَمَتَى فَتَحَ لَكَ بَابٌ وَمَتَى فَتَحَ لَكَ بَابُ الْفَهْمِ فِي الْمَنْعَ صَارَ الْمَنْعَ عَيْنُ الْعَطَاءَ It's very deep. Yeah, sometimes he gives but he's taking away something from you. Sometimes he's taking away something from you but it's actually giving you so it's our perspective that's limited in, in terms of what we understand with every difficulty for sure there will be ease twice he repeats it it's mentioned twice and uh, notice he had like a loving uh, female in his life at, at the, all different stages. His mother was there, Halima Saadiya was there, and then you have Fatima bint Asad. Who was she? She was the wife of Abu Talib. She uh, accepted Islam also, and she was going to be the mother of Ali bin Abi Talib, who will eventually marry who? Bint al Rasul. Fatima bint al Rasul. Yeah? Fa- for this shows you, that yes, the Prophet now is going out, he's becoming a man, but he still needs a mother to take care of him. He needs al-hanan, compassion and the love. And so this is a, a lesson to, or a, a message to the mothers and the females here. No matter how strong and productive you want your son to be, they still need that hug, they need that compassion, they need that love. That's that balance. The Prophet ﷺ, fast forward, at the time of his death, Ta'arfun, how like at what's how he died? What what, what like was he in some battlefield? Was he He died in the arms of his wife Aisha Radalana, literally. Sayyidul Khalq dying in the arms of his wife. How yani what a beautiful beautiful ending that teaches us so many things, right? About uh, the role of women and the role of wives, yani and how close they were, you know, and the importance of this bond. And look at all the prophets, Nuh alayhi salam, 
يعني, the flood comes but he survives Ibrahim alayhi salam he's thrown in the fire but he survives Yaqub alayhi salam loses his eyesight but then comes back to him Yusuf alayhi salam is thrown in a well eventually becomes the minister of economy in Egypt Musa alayhi salam ends up being a fugitive after killing someone uh, accidentally ends up becoming a prophet Isa alayhi salam they attempt to crucify him but eventually he is raised and honored and he will be honored again when he's sent back down and Muhammad sallallahu same thing for, they go through all these hardships but after the hardships come comes greatness and وَالضُّحَا وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى Inshallah we'll look at that surah briefly at the end if we have time um, so who else was in the house to answer your question Aqil and Ja'far were two important people in the house also there were ten people but uh, Aqil and the Prophet didn't get along hatta yani. He eventually didn't accept. He was one of the biggest enemies of the Prophet actually. Uh, towards the beginning of his life. Uh, towards, towards the beginning of the message. So by the way, Abu Talib is not that wealthy. He's like middle class. Okay? And there's a lot of children in the house. There's a lot of bills, expenses. Life is not easy. And so the Prophet doesn't want to become a burden. Lahbaw, his wisdom, at such a young age, he knows in Nataraana, he asks his uncle, I want to work. So what's the first job he's going to get? His first job was a shepherd. Muhammad He took the job and uh, most prophets have, have become shepherds. Yani, you know, Lena, there's a lot of things to learn. It pays peanuts, literally. Yani, it doesn't pay much, this job. But it teaches you a lot about... Um, and there's books liter- literally written about just this subject, of benefits of being a shepherd. But minha, learning leadership. Then you're leading literally like... Kill, by the way, kill sheep has a different personality. I don't know if you guys... Did you guys know this? Yeah, shepherds know this. Kill sheep has a different personality for, for them to manage them, lead them in an organized manner, how to deal with the, the naughty ones. Uh, yani, there's a lot of responsibility there. At the same time, he would get, get chance to connect with nature. He um, would learn patience with animals. He would learn compassion with animals also. Right? right? For the pet lovers, you'd like this. Um, unifying skills. Yeah, he, and, uh, he has to keep the flock together at all times. Do they? They don't call it flock. What do they call? It? Herd. Sorry, flock. Uh, herd. Risk management. There's a lot of risks, صح? involved. And, uh, one of the sheep gets lost. Oh, um, so your your sheep would eat from the neighbor's land, and you know that can cause problems. And so it gave him time to contemplate. At the age of 15, now the Prophet is 15, he wants to learn, so he's worked from 8 till 15, تقريباً. how many years is that? Seven. Yeah, shepherd. Okay. And by the way, does it teach you humility, this job? Um, literally. Yeah. But uh, 
if you fark been uh, having a pet in the house and and going out on the fields and 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 yeah exactly yeah it's it's a lot of work yeah. Um, and then at, at the age of 15 he wants to learn trade لاحظوا this is the proactive nature of the process and to learn new skills but he wants to learn trade لأن his family was a business family but this was his first trip first business trip طبعاً his first trip as a travel trip was where? Medina when he visited the grave of his father now this is his second trip to Sham with his uncle and um, he goes and learns the tricks of trade learns how to do deals how to sell selling skills marketing skills um, people skills networking skills negotiation skills كل الاشياء اللي نقراها في الكتب وفي الكورسات like this was real life um, knowledge right and uh, again this is a message to all the people who are unemployed today or people seeking jobs or people who are hopeless about the economy or pessimists موجودين هذلين في الزمن اليوم ولا لا Hey, there's no shame in starting a, a, a low-paying job. And uh, be inspired by the Prophet ﷺ. He was willing to go, go and learn and whatever income. They say, Just by sitting at home, there's no barakah. Movement brings in barakah. Right? And uh, when we overthink risk, it makes us uh, lose hope. Now we try to calculate things. But usually the risk, the way it comes, is, is it expected or unexpected? Yeah. Well, this is the formula. When you have taqwa of Allah, when you're conscious of Allah, He will... He will, whenever you feel stuck, he will make for you an exit plan. And And he will provide you from ways that you can never imagine. And for those of you who are unemployed, for those of you who are employed, try to think of like when you uh, got hired or when you got a job or when you got an offer. Like, was it something you expected or was it completely random? It's, for all of us, it's random. It's always like crazy stories and crazy connections that you never expect. And uh, that's how Allah works. That's why trying to work out how to get a job with Allah. Just to kind of move and be out there. He learns trading skills. And by the way, when you're a businessman, what else do you understand? You understand the reality of people. It's one of the most important skills you can learn, right? Exactly, yeah. You want to know your, your real friends? Travel with them and do business with them. The reality of them uh, comes out. And so this is also a message to so-called religious I just need to be in the masjid I need to do memorization of the Quran and grow a beard and study fiqh and hadith and preach religion to people and uh, fast and 
basically withdraw from the world not by going like to the mountains بس لا في المسجد يعني تعرفون هاي النوع من الناس but this is a message to them also أن ترى يعني you claim to be a follower of the Quran and the Sunnah this is the Quran and the Sunnah this is the Prophet's early childhood and early youth he was out there he was engaged he was working hard he was learning skills he was extremely uh, skilled Zain, and that's يعني, uh, today in our day and age is that easy to access اي طبعا learning a new skill how easy is it now easy. extremely easy you go on youtube how to bake a cake how to i don't know um, make biryani how to uh, you can learn anything يعني وايد سهل صار learning a new skill is uh, extremely easy فما في حد عنده عذر اليوم والله انا ما عندي شغل ما عندي بزنس ما في شيء economy is bad لا المؤمن دائما uh, ما يحاتي الرزق يشتغل ويعمل ويتوكل على الله and he uh, trust that it will come and like we said spoiled kids will struggle when you look at our 8 year olds today اوكي قاعد نطرشهم مدرسه ويشتغلون وهوم وركس وبروجيكتس وكذي بس الحين شات جي بي تي الله يعينهم يعني everything is easier and easier and easier um, ف are they really hard workers are they skilled in life skills ما ادري يعتمد على البيرنتس ايه ايه نريحهم من المعاناه اللي احنا عانيناها ايه The thing is, do they finish the course? يعني أنا ياما سجلت عيالي art course, uh, film editing, Morishino course. Oh, they get excited. The course is three weeks long. They do it for three days, and they're like, "Baba, tamalna." بس. ف yes, it's يعني it's easy to access the course, but how many of them finish it? By the way, I, I was in this business of of uh, online courses. The, the finishing rate is less than 3% of the people who actually finish the entire course, let alone subscribe. Yeah, 3% will subscribe. Women have subscribers, 3% will finish the entire course. But just the fact that it's accessible doesn't make it uh, helpful. Attention span is super, super. It's like 15 seconds, you know, attention span. Um... The Prophet is teaching us work, get out there, do the efforts, everything else, leave it with Allah's. Uh. There's a hadith that's really remarkable about this. The Prophet tells us that if the, if the Day of Judgment arrives, and في يدي أحدكم فسيلة, which is like a, 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 a plant, and Day of Judgment bida. Zain? And if you have a plant in your hands, the Prophet said, plant it in the ground. The logical person would say, what's the point? خلاص, it's over. يعني, يعني, exactly. Even if it doesn't grow, you get the edge of 
planting it you know that's the perspective with which she wants us to think and we, we shouldn't worry much about when is the tree going to come out what kind of fruits will it be will it be apples will it be oranges will it be this will it be that how long will it how long will the tree be no just keep in, in your like from the moment you wake up to the moment you sleep keep planting seeds of goodness طبعاً, you know um, last slide and he's like he's kind of like 14ish now I'm assuming he reached the age of puberty uh, and uh, it happened during the sacred month it was a big deal and Quraysh had to participate the Prophet participated in this yes he didn't fight he was still young his job was to enemy's arrows he would all the missed arrows he would collect them and like they would use them for like counter attacks and stuff um, and then so he learned war skills kind of like war skills for and he also learned something remarkable towards the age of 20 uh, a big conflict a Yemeni businessman came deal with one of the big Quraysh leaders his son is Amr ibn al-As, a very famous Sahabi. Okay, inshallah you'll learn about him soon. But al-As basically saw fi dagga hadi al-Yamani. Shara min al-bada'a wa ma dafa'la. He kept he kept telling him, I'll pay you tomorrow, I'll pay you tomorrow, I'll pay you tomorrow. Lema ayas hadi al-Yamani, and he requested officially for justice, basically. And then that's where Quraysh realized in Tarala, يعني, we need to stand up for the oppressed. If it's injustice, even if it's by our own people, we will stand up for the oppressed. فصار في حلف أو treat peace treaty called حلف الفضول. And the Prophet ﷺ participated in that, and they took his, uh, يعني, they consulted him in the matter, and he was an active member of that peace treaty. For he's learning how to do peace treaties also. For pretty significant skills for a 14-year-old. Peace treaty. In that treaty, they all agreed that the rights would be given back to the one who deserved them and that no oppressor would have an upper hand over the one who is oppressed. Which is interesting because يعني, it's also teaching us in, يعني, in our day and age when you think of a good Muslim, you're thinking of only building a masjid or a Quran school or but and even if you work for like a human rights organization or if you work for the Red Cross or for, I don't know, in a hospital as a volunteer or in a school or in an orphanage, whatever it is, you know, don't limit your perspective of on a boxable edger to just religious voluntary work and religious service. Think of humanity at large. This is something that he stood up for. Um, and it's interesting that Quraysh stood up for this peace treaty. But they still honored their word and they stood up with the oppressed. And it shows you that the goodness is in them, you know, like 
they have that potential to receive that message. So they were noble and they had these virtues. And even, يعني, just to wrap up, you know how like there's IQ? What does it stand for? Intelligence quotient, something like that. And that's usually our school systems are built on that. How much did you score in math and physics and chemistry? And then there's GPA. That's how intelligent. My son is intelligent because he got a GPA of 3.5. Versus my son is a failure because he got a 1.5, whatever. But they they talk about three other cues now that that make you uh, a more well-rounded person in today's day and age. But there's EQ, which is emotional quotient, your ability, your emotional intelligence. emotional intelligence, Remove dunya from your heart, put akhara, ta'alluq billah, yaqeen, sabr, iman. Yes? Khalas. We sorted out emotional intelligence. La hibub, wala therapy. extreme cases, you need medication, you need some sort of help. يعني, we're not underestimating uh, the role of practitioners in extreme cases. Literally, that's what all you need. Dhikr of Allah and, you know, just some uh, connection with God. And then there is also SQ, which is social quotient. Which is, Yama Nas, يعني, in the school, wide, intelligent, and nerds, and they're like they can't speak eye to eye. Mind them social skills. You know people like that. They're socially awkward, صح? But they're super smart. They're geniuses. But these people don't do well in life. يعني حتى لو you're super smart, but if you don't have social skills, if you're not, you know, can't you're not able to express yourself. Or you don't have فهمي قصي. And there's this missing element in your personality. Uh, and you also have AQ. Anyone knows what AQ is? Adversity quotient, your ability to handle adversities in your life. So what do you notice about um, adversity he gets broken and crushed and uh, you know the ability to handle pain of, of adversity. But what do you notice about all these quotients? The Prophet at the age of fourteen, yeah, at a very, very young age, he's sorted out all of these, mashallah. He, he, they say he learned four sports already also at a, such a young age. Swimming, he learned swimming in Medina when he went to visit his uh, family there. They had a kind horse riding, archery, and running, of course. And so this is a message for the youth also, parents. When you think of educating your kids, don't just think of school, GPA, grades, homework. There's, there's all these other areas of life, EQ, AQ, SQ. We need to educate ourselves in these areas. Also, we need to sort out our EQ and our AQ and our SQ. Lastly, I just wanted to go over Surah Al-Dhaha very quickly. And that summarizes today's lesson in a beautiful way. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off with duha. What is duha? Daybreak. Okay? The beginning of, of the day. It's a sign of hope. It's a symbol of hope. And, and night is usually 
darkness. As Usaja literally means when darkness spreads. Fakana, there's two contrasts being made. Fakana, Allah is telling us there will be good times, there will be bad times. There will be moments of expansion in your life, there will be moments of contraction. But then there's three things, three statements that are made. Ma wadda'aka rabbuka wa ma qala. Your Rabb hasn't left you alone, nor is he upset with you. Whenever you feel that Allah has left you, read the surah. Whenever you feel that Allah is upset with you, read the surah. Ma wadda'aka rabbuka wa ma qala. And then the second statement, Wasn't this a summary of our class today? Akhirah is better, better for you than this dunya. And then, Wala sofa. This Wala sofa is ta'kid, like times three. For sure, for sure, for sure, Allah bi'atik fatarda. Wala sofa ya'atika rabbuka fatarda. Allah will give you and you will be satisfied. Give you what? Dunyawi things? Everything. But يعني, a lot of people think this means dunya. And so they, they approach God with a deal. And okay, Allah, I will pray as long as you give me dunya, as long as you give me a car and a house. And... No. But is much more bigger than just material things, right? Allah bi'atikum al-hidayah, bi'atikum al peace in your heart he'll give you tranquility tama'anina uh, a beautiful husband a righteous husband righteous children um, yeah so many things that Allah will give you and he's saying for sure for sure I'll give you this and you will be satisfied they say that al-rida is the highest form of the nafs al-nafs al-radiyah خلاص مطمئنة يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة ارجعي إلى ربك راضية مرضية. This is هاي جنة ال جنة الله على الأرض. تبون ج you want to experience جنة on 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 earth. النفس الراضية. The نفس that is خلاص أنا راضية يا الله. Whatever. Whatever you give me Allah. I know that you love me. I have full trust that you love me. You have nothing but love for me. And everything that's happening is perfect. I trust it. I surrender, Ya Allah. Do whatever you want. You are the king. You own me. I have no right to complain. Even though I don't understand, I trust you. Even though I have a limited perspective, I fully believe that this is the best for me and then three questions to the prophet didn't he find you an orphan and he gave you shelter and then and then alam is repeated here like and you were misguided and he guided you and here misguided doesn't mean in astaghfirullah he was a disbeliever or anything and then we know that he had a fitra salima, the Prophet ﷺ. He never committed shirk. He never worshipped asnam. He never drank alcohol or, or uh, يعني, prostitution or haswal. And this was very common in, in, uh, in uh, Mecca, by the way. But he didn't do any of that filthy stuff. But dalan meaning يعني, he, didn't, he didn't find God, right? And Allah guided him to God. 
And وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى Weren't you عَائِل which means like in need and then فَأَغْنَى and he gave you so that you can become self-dependent. So now this is talking to who? The Prophet ﷺ but it's also talking to who? To us. When you think of yatim, not all of us are our yatim, but to some extent, we, at some point in our life, we do feel alone sometimes. Yatim is a symbol of being alone, having no support system in your life, feeling that no one's there to support you and help you. And Allah's telling you, wasn't I there all along? When you needed help, we needed support. Weren't you lost and you found God? Didn't He lead you to Him? We all had a past, صح? Before finding God. Who, who guided us? It's Him, صح? Here, it's not talking about financial. Again, it's broader. Ailan means You're in need of dunya. You're in need of some sort of return from people. Whether it's acceptance, whether it's respect, whether it's the need of uh, attention, the need of being right. When you seek this from people, you are faqir. Then you're depending on people to give it to you. And will people give it to you? Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. But what is ghina? Is when you seek it from Allah. Only you do we seek it from you, Allah. I seek my honor from you. I seek respect from you. I seek, and He is Al-Aziz. He will respect you. You seek hidayah from him. You seek love from him. Everything you seek from him. Because when, when you seek it from him, he will make you independent of everyone else. But when you seek it from people, he will make you faqir. And then at the end, there's a parallel here, right? He found you an orphan and he gave you shelter. Now that you got it, now that you got the shelter, now how will you deal with the orphans? Don't, don't, Disrespect the orphans. Don't deal with them in a harsh way. Those people who come asking you for guidance, don't uh, respond to them in a, in a disrespectful way, in a rude way. Give them time. Show them. And then, And as for the favor of Allah, Proclaim it. Tell people about the favor of Allah. And the biggest favor of Allah is when He takes you out of poverty into ghina. When you become abdul ghani. When you become self-sufficient with Allah. Because when we depend on Him, we, we have everything. When you depend on Allah, you have access to everything. Because He is the source of everything. But when you depend on people, you have nothing. You will be faqir. And so this is the biggest ni'mah. Because this gives you freedom. Most people are stuck. The ego is stuck in seeking from people, seeking validation from people, and seeking to please people, and seeking to be respected by people, and seeking to have a status. Social media, Everyone's posting and then waiting 
بالثواني ها من سوى لايك ها من كومنت او والله واحد سوى لايك او 5 فيوز او 10 فيوز اي ف everyone's seeking it from people تعرفون هاي متعب الموضوع لان people will let you down and Allah is Samad one of the meanings of Samad is like this wall Samad you know like you can lean on it and trust that it will never fall it won't let you down Allah will never let you down people will let you down people change people leave this world and we've all seen يعني enough from people to realize that we can't depend on people you can't trust people fully ف this was sort of dhaha and يعني والله this is therapy حق anyone who's lonely anyone who's going through difficult times uh, lost struggling in life this surah is beautiful صراحة يعني. I hope uh, this wraps up our, our session today and may Allah give us the tawfiq to benefit from all these lessons and apply them in our in our lives barakallah feekum subhanakallah bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant nastaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk